This is Amy Allen Clark from momadvice.com. I'm so excited to share another episode with you today and thrilled to be joined by an extraordinary guest. This podcast is made possible through the support of our Patreon community. For just $5 a month, you get to join me after every episode to expand the stack together. This is where we talk about those big bookish feelings, dissect what I learned each week, and give you suggestions for books based on our topics. To top it off, our members receive a monthly digital download, a themed Spotify playlist, and a printable newsletter with the latest book news and reviews. To learn more, head to patreon.com backslash momadvice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash momadvice to gain access to the entire catalog of bonus materials. Today, Mary Carver joins us in a very special episode that we hope to turn into an ongoing series. Mary has a podcast called The Couch, where she shares cozy conversations about pop culture and why it matters. Mary sits down with fellow fans of books, shows, music, and more to chat about all these things we love or don't, why they love it or don't, and why it matters. And guess what? It always matters. Mary and I just spent the morning together recording an episode of her show to talk about her most anticipated fall TV. And today on our episode, Mary's sharing a few of her favorites from 2021 so we can stream them while we wait for these new shows. I'm so lucky because I get to play book matchmaker for each of these episodes and match a show she's loved with a solid book recommendation. I want to say that Mary is a pro at this and she records all her intros separately, so I just got to breeze in and talk about my books. But for my show, I'm making her suffer through this whole introduction for a couple of reasons. One, I am truly avoiding editing. And two, I think it's essential, especially right now, to tell people why you love them and let them hear it. Mary has been an ongoing writer on my staff for years and does a phenomenal job writing about marriage, family, and entertainment. Her posts are heartfelt, and we've had a couple of viral hits on the site that I'll link up to. One is a list of fantastic ideas for dating your husband in the fall months, and the other is 11 shows to watch with your tween, a recommendation we all made. I want her on while I'm talking about her, though, because last year was the pits for everyone, just everyone, and our family got hit especially hard. My husband was laid off from his job, and I ended up in the hospital for a week with some very difficult health issues. And when I got home, I would periodically get the sweetest and most thoughtful cards from Mary, and she did one thing that I think we should all pass on to someone else. She sent me a Sonic gift card to go get a fun treat, and I was feeling down. And I was tunneling during this time. And I just want to say how much that meant to me, Mary. And I think our readers should hear an illustration of how big your heart is for people. So welcome to my show, my friend. I'm excited to talk about TV with you today. Well, thank you for that very, very kind introduction. Yes, I would like to point out to your listeners that I did not make you cry right before you had to talk on my (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I think since the pandemic, I I don't know. I think there's something about this time that I've realized just how important it is to say things like that to people yeah. because you made an impact during that time and it meant something to me and the way that we show up for people during these days and especially for someone who was you know compromised and felt very isolated those little things that you did were so valued by my family. 
And it just meant so much to me. And what better time in our lives than now to tell people how much they mean to you? Well, thank you for saying that. I'm glad that it was a little bit of a pick me up and I can't take all the credit. I was just passing on the kindness that's been shown to me by others. So yourself included, you say that I have, you know, have been on your writing staff for, you know, for several years as if I'm doing you a favor. And Amy, that is not true. <laughs> it is true. It is to my family. I am it is. So it really I love having another outlet to write, to write for and, you know, getting to write different stories. But I'll never forget the day that you emailed me to say that out of the people who had applied to join your writing team, you had selected me. I needed a boost in that season to feel like what I was doing mattered, that I was good enough. And here was this, this big, famous blogger that I had followed <laughs> who was saying to me, I choose you. And that, that really oh. meant a lot. Well, you were chosen for a reason. Thank you. And also fame is very small. <laughs> Ask anyone. <laughs> this fame level, like we're talking very, like very minor celebrity. But seriously, I am so grateful to have you because your voice, it rounds out so many things on our site. But also you have so many great recommendations. And I'm excited because... I want other people to know about all the good things you're doing. And your podcast is phenomenal. We're so lucky to have oh, you. Thank you. You're like a seasoned expert. And I asked you for your best of TV because I am not a big TV watcher and I want to do better. But I will admit probably the way that a lot of people feel about books is that if I'm going to invest my time, I want it to be the best. <laughs> and I love that you're screening this for me. And when you gave me your list, it was extensive. There was 20 recommendations <laughs> on it, which I was like, holy crap. But also, like, I feel like that when people ask me about books, that I can be like, oh, well, here's 40 of my <laughs> recommendations. People are like, whoa, hold on. But when I was going through them, I was just so impressed by the diversity of the shows that you were offering for me to take a peek at. I ended up bookmarking so many recommendations. And your list contained a few shows that I had not heard of and also a few that I abandoned too early mm. because if you loved them and I didn't give them a fighting chance, I'm going back in the ring and I'm going to try again. <laughs> so I'm excited about your list and I want to just go through a few of the ones out of the list of 20, which we will share the list of 20 with our Patreon subscribers. So you're going to get that exclusive Excel spreadsheet for Mary, which is exclusive, you guys. Like, nobody else has That's this. true. This is Mary's master list. <laughs> and she is so generous to share it with our subscribers. So I am excited to go through this. And I want to talk about the ones that caught my eye because they reminded me of book plots. And I think if you like these shows, you'll probably like these books. And the first one I want to talk about is Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Okay, so this show, as we're recording, this show is still going on. Yes, because I just, okay, so I was trying not to watch them. <laughs> like, I was going to let you, like, tell yes. me why. But this show, I couldn't wait on. I sent you a message because I saw the trailer, and I'm like, you know what? If Mary says this is good, and actually what, we watched it together. So my husband, my daughter, who's 15, mm -hmm. we all watched it together because Selena Gomez is a big attractor for my team and Steve Martin and Martin Short were the attractors <laughs> for us. So 
So it was like something we could all enjoy together, but we would not have done that had it not been for you. Well, and I was very unsure about this. When I saw the trailer earlier this year, I thought, what on earth? Because you expect to see Martin Short and Steve Martin together, but then to throw Selena Gomez in the mix, I was like, what even is this going to be? Is it like, are we supposed to be taking them seriously or laughing at them? And as it turns out, it's both. So the synopsis is, these are three individuals who happen to live in the same swanky New York apartment building. And a man is found dead in his apartment and everyone has to evacuate the building. They end up at the same restaurant and realize that they all listen to the same true crime podcast. Then they decide they don't think this was an accident or the police actually ruled a suicide. They think it was a murder. So they decide they're going to investigate the murder and podcast their way through it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is hilarious. Yes. That's how they all bond is like this one show is bringing them together. Yes. And so they are very different. Their characters are very different. Obviously, there's an age difference between Selena Gomez and the other two. But they also all have their own baggage and secrets that get revealed little by little. And so far, I think I'm only, I don't know, six or seven episodes in. So I still don't know who done it. And I'm not sure how they're going to resolve it, but I'm trusting they will. Well, and... This is my thing. As soon as we started it, I was worried I'd get hooked and it was a limited series. Mm. But when I looked it up, it does appear that they're going to offer a season I think so. I actually think that all the shows we talk about today have been renewed for another season. That makes me really excited. And I will say, I know that I watched it with my teen daughter. There are a lot of F-bombs in this. So if you are someone who is more sensitive or trying to screen more for language, this might not be the pick for you. But my daughter has been thoroughly enjoying it. And one of the nice things about this, as far as like a bonding experience, first of all, she acts like she doesn't like anything. So it's hard (laughs) to, (laughs) I don't know if this is happening in your house, but you know, she was like, I'm like, do you want to continue it? And she said, if you want to. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well then maybe I'll start it again. She's like, okay. And then just sitting there and then I'll look behind me and she's laughing and she's totally sucked into Mm -hmm. it. And then we'll end it. And then what do you think? She's like, it was good. You know, so, and then it's like, do you want to keep going? Okay. You know, so she can't act like she loves it, but she's really loving it. Like, that's the most we're going to get out of her. (laughs) We're really excited about it. And after we watched it together, we were showing her all these clips of Steve Martin and Martin Short because she doesn't Mm -hmm. know who they are. So she's like, Selena Gomez is as like, you're old and I don't get it, which adds to the humor of the, that cast together, which is cute. They've got a lot of witty band, banter between Yeah, them. they really do. So I'm going to base it off of this murder mystery with humor. And of all the recommendations that I want to make for you, this is the, the top one that I think is going to be a Mary Carver hit. Hey. And I'm hoping you haven't read it. It's Finley Donovan is killing it. Have you read this book? I have read it, but I loved it. Okay. All right. Okay. I was like, all right, maybe I'll like surprise her. So Finley Donovan is killing it. It's by Al Casimano. It's the first book in a series. It blends humor with murder (laughs) and I loved it. So I'll just share for our listeners the blurb for this one because it's good. The blurb is great. Finley Donovan is killing it, except she's really not. She's a stressed out single mom of two and struggling novelist. 
Finley's life is in chaos. The new book she promised her literary agent isn't written. Her ex-husband fired the nanny without telling her. And this morning, she had to send her four-year-old to school with hair duct taped to her head after an incident with scissors. When Finley is overheard discussing the plot of her new suspense novel with her agent over lunch, she's mistaken for a contract killer and inadvertently accepts an offer to dispose of a problem husband in order to make ends meet. Soon, Finley discovers that crime in real life is a lot more difficult than its fictional counterpart as she becomes tangled in a real-life murder investigation. So I loved this book. (laughs) Did you read it? Did you listen to it on audiobook? No, I read it as an ebook. I read it on my Kindle and I loved it. I I know that there's a second book coming out and it cannot come out soon enough. I kind of wish I hadn't read it until there were like 10 in the series. Yes, I agree because you don't want it to end and you also want to see where they're yes. going with it. Yes. The other thing that I really loved about it, the show Only Murders in the Building has so many great side characters. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the nanny in this book is just as good as Finley. And I would say if you read it and you were like, I'm going to pick up the second one that I would grab the audio book for this because it is so well narrated. It's narrated by a lady named Angela Daw and it made the nanny in particular come to life. Okay. And so it added to my reading experience to experience it in that way. Okay. That is good to know. Yeah. I am definitely looking forward to the second book. I may reread the first one just because it was so fun. Yes. It was really good. I know you're a book of the month subscriber and the second one is also a book of the month pick. It's Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manansala. Did you read this one? I have it. I started Yay. it and I I really liked the first few pages, but then I think I had a bunch of books come in like library requests or something. I was okay. Like, oh, I have to put down the book I actually own and read the library books, but I'm anxious to get back to it because I think it's going to be a good one. When you come back to it, I do think you'll like this one. It's a fun mystery with a culinary spin. And this one is also the first book in a new mystery series. Oh, okay. So this is a Filipino writer, and she's writing about a notoriously nasty food critic who comes in to do his usual complaining and critiquing of a restaurant, but he ends up dead on the floor instead. And Lila has been tasked with saving her family's failing restaurant, but she finds herself the number one suspect when investigating this murder, which tarnishes their family's restaurant reputation even further. So intent to save her family's legacy, Lila becomes her own detective and decides to run an informal investigation to clear her family name. I just think that's such a fun storyline. And I think, too, it adds to the experience because they add recipes at the end for replicating some of the dishes that you're reading about. And it's one of those, I know it sounds like I'm trying to make a pun and I'm not, but a palate cleanser <laughs> sure. between heavy uh-huh. books. So it's just a nice light murder mystery. And I think those both are really great options if you like this Hulu series. Yes. Yeah. Those are great picks. So the second show that has actually been on my radar, but I had never fully watched the trailer until you sent it is Cruel Summer. So what can you tell us about this one? Okay. So Cruel Summer aired earlier this year. It originally aired on ABC, but then it was moved over to Hulu, which is where I watched it. It's 10 episodes long. 
It has been renewed for a second season, although I don't know why, because it is a mystery and it is mostly pretty much solved by the end of the 10th episode. So it is about two high school girls in the mid 90s. One of them is abducted and then eventually found. And when she's found, she says that this other girl knew about new information that could have saved her, helped her and didn't tell anyone. Each episode shows what happened to these two girls on the same day in 1993, 1994, 1995. I mean, of course it is a twisty, soapy teen thriller, but it's also like the nostalgia factor is super fun because they're teenage girls in the mid nineties. I was a teenage girl in the mid nineties. Same. <laughs> so that part is very fun. It's not a show where you can like play on your computer or be on your phone while you're watching it. Okay. You have to pay attention. Because otherwise you'll be like, wait a minute, what year is it? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's good to know. And is this something I can watch with my teen or do you think it's too adult? I think you could probably watch it with your teen, older teens for sure. I was a little reluctant to watch because I don't, I mean, mainly, you know, I mostly watch Mm -hmm. and read palate cleansers (laughs) without the heavy stuff. (laughs) I like things to stay light so I can just escape into something better than the real world. I was afraid it was going to be too intense. And a friend of mine watched it. She like she went on and on about how much she knew I would love it. I needed to watch it. It wasn't it wasn't scary. There's nothing graphic about it. And she was right. Good it is hear. emotionally intense because you don't know what's going to happen. And then the, it's very thought provoking. I will say that at the beginning of almost every episode, they do offer a warning that grooming is portrayed in the episode. And if that's a trigger for you, that maybe it's not for you. But even the trigger warning was thought provoking because I had to realize I don't really know what grooming is. And mm-hmm. then figuring out who was right, who was wrong. And I'm not sure any character in the entire show was completely right or completely wrong, which feels icky to say because there are people who do some bad things, but it was very interesting. I really liked it. So when I originally heard about this show, because there is so much rebooting, I thought it was cruel intention. Oh. So I was not on board right. <laughs> because I thought it was another reboot mm-hmm. of a movie that I loved. So then I really didn't pay attention, obviously, to the trailer. But, you know, they were both kind of dark and they used the word cruel. <laughs> and I apparently made some assumptions that were incorrect. So now I'm excited to watch this because it does sound like something that would be right up my alley because I do want to think about the 90s again. Yes. And how great in some ways that time was. Yes. (laughs) Compared to now. And I do think if you watched it with your daughter, it would definitely open up some, some important conversations to have. Okay, good. That's good to hear. Obviously, I have not watched this. I've only seen the trailer, but I'm excited to watch it. But when I look at the trailer, I'm seeing a couple of things that are coming out, like obsession and some mystery. So that's what I'm picking for book recommendations if people like Cruel Summer, like you did. So the first one that I'm picking is a book called Necessary People. Have you read this one? I have not. It's by an author named Anna Petoniak. So this story is about two friends, Stella and Violet, and they've been best friends since college but they could not be more opposite. So Stella is this beautiful, reckless girl who oozes privilege. And Violet is this girl that has to work really hard to get where she is. And 
be available to clean up any mess that her friend Stella makes. So Violet ends up scoring this big dream job after graduation and finds herself working for cable news. Due to her dedication and focus on detail, she ends up moving up the ranks from intern all the way up to the assistant producer. And she loves having her own thing. It's separate from Stella. She doesn't have to compete for anything. And Stella's not taking up the spotlight like she does in all of her other scenarios in her life. And when Stella becomes jealous of her new life, she works family connections to score a job at the same news center. So she starts infiltrating herself into Violet's Mm. relationships, and she wins this coveted role. That's the news anchor job. And just as Stella is about to begin her dream job as an anchor, she disappears. So it's not the first time she's left. And that's what the reader gets to experience is these flashbacks of what's happening. So no one's really suspicious, too, that there could be any foul play. So Stella just disappears. But Violet has also had enough with Stella moving in on her turf. And she might know where she is. So that's the plot of that thriller. And I really loved it. It's called Necessary People by Anna Petonia. Okay, that sounds really interesting. It sounds like a... Like a darker version of Something Borrowed by yes. Emily Giffen? Yes. It's just like that. Yes. I love that book. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a really fun one. And that was just getting the feels of this mystery and also, you know, these two girls competing. Yeah. And the second one that I wanted to recommend is a Riley Sager novel. Do you read Riley Sager? I haven't. Do you know what I'm I talking haven't. about? Okay. I ended up picking up a few of his books years ago. So I want to just admit too, since I'm being my authentic self here, that in my head, when I read Riley Sager, it's like a lot of very female driven storylines with these just it, the way that Riley Sager writes is like, you're picturing this 30 year old woman who's like a millennial writing about these stories about women. And it was a very interesting thing to open a book and then see that Riley Sager is actually a man. Oh. <laughs> and his real name is actually Todd Ritter. <laughs> so I went and looked him up on Goodreads because I was like, I'm very confused because I think that I was going into a reading experience. I've had this in my head for a while and I don't know if I've never seen who is actually writing. Like I never looked at the, the back of the jacket or if that was never supplied mm. until more recently. But it's a pen name because he his real name is Todd Ritter, but he's also written books under Alan Finn. I looked because under Goodreads, you can ask authors questions, and someone had asked him why he chose to write under this mm-hmm. name. And I'm just going to quote him. It says, the complex answer involves the publishing industry, past book sales, and publisher expectations. Readers love discovering new authors, which means publishers love introducing new authors, which means it's very hard for previously published authors with low sales numbers to break out of the pack Mm -hmm. unless they write under a new name. So lots of writers have done it more than most people suspect. And my agent and I agreed it was best, the best option for me. And that's how Riley Sager was born. Okay. So just some fun facts for our listeners, because that was something I was looking into today. And I'm like, gosh, that's a really interesting, all could be unboxed people I've fallen in love with that I had a different idea of what their writing style was and who they were. And I love this author because I almost feel like a summer isn't complete now. 
if I don't have a book of his to look forward to. So it's just something like a solid go-to thriller writer for Mm -hmm. me. And Survive the Night just came out, which is set in the 90s as well. All thrillers set in the 90s are great because of the whole cell phone thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because all of a sudden, you know, if you like went on a road trip and you could only access a payphone, totally different story than what it would be now where we have trackers and and ways to get a hold of people. So this book that I'm suggesting is called The Last Time I Lied. And I am a church camp kid. I don't know if you are. Okay. So... As soon as there's a camp theme, I'm in. <laughs> because it reminds me of when I was a kid. Not this particular story, but just, just camp in general is always like something I'm on board with. And this is a thriller about the disappearance of three girls from a summer camp. Mm. So Eva is a successful artist who made her fame by selling paintings of the three girls who disappeared from her cabin 15 years ago at a summer camp for girls. And she's haunted by her cabin mate's disappearance. So when the camp's founder reaches out to see if she'll be involved in a camp reopening, she can't stay away. And while she's there, she's hoping to uncover more clues about the mysterious disappearance and figure out who could have been involved and taken these girls from this camp. And ironically, she finds herself in the same cabin and begins to sense that she's being watched. So as clues unfold, and Emma grows closer to the answers, the girls in her own cabin go missing again, and she's the number one suspect. What? (laughs) I know. It's really good. It it keeps you guessing until the final pages. And like I said, Riley Sager, I just think it's one of those things that are essential for a good summer is to have a new book by him. And this one was fun because I love summer camp themes. So it's called The Last Time I Lied. Okay, that is very intriguing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now that we've done that one, I want to talk about Kung Fu because I had never seen a single preview for this or trailer or heard anything about it until you sent that to me on that document. Yeah, I don't know that I've heard anyone else talk about it, which is too bad. And also doesn't seem right because I know that it's been renewed for a second season. So obviously some people were watching it, not just me, but maybe now you and some of your listeners will join me in that. Uh, So Kung Fu was on the CW. The first season was this past year. There were 13 episodes and it is about a girl, Nikki, who comes from a Chinese American family. She goes to law school, but she decides she doesn't want to finish and instead goes to China to train in martial arts at a monastery, but it's all, it's all women. And while she's there training, her teacher, her, her Shifu is brutally killed in this attack late one night. And as she goes to help, she picks up, it's like a sword or dagger or something. And it burns her hand. There's like some sort of supernatural reaction between her and this weapon. The people who are attacking her, basically, you know, her family, her friends, they escape. And so she ends up going back home. I want to say that her family lives in San Francisco, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Anyway, so she goes back home. So there are family dynamics at play because her her parents have a lot of feelings about the fact that she just took off for three years. There's an ex-boyfriend. There's a new love interest slash friend. There's a sister who has her own issues and storylines. There's a brother, same thing. And then she's she's helping people. So it's kind of like a case of the week sort of show where she's helping people, 
But then there's also the overarching mystery of trying to figure out who attacked and killed her beloved teacher. Why? And how is she personally connected to that? So if you or anyone else has watched Arrow, also on the CW, to me, it felt very similar to that show. Like, it's kind of like a superhero show, but it's really just martial arts and weapons. And there's a big mystery, but then there's, you know, week to week stuff. Is this a reboot? It is a reboot. And I don't know a lot about the original Kung Fu TV series. I think it's from the 70s or 80s. It's just interesting that the main character of that TV show called Kung Fu was played by a white man. Oh, okay. So kind of like the Wonder Years, they're flipping the script. Yes. So this Asian story is actually being portrayed by Asian American people about Asian American characters. As they should. As they should. And I just really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I like the procedural form of TV series, but I also like the superhero adjacent stories where it's, you know, the so-called normal person can now do extraordinary things and help others. And I don't know. I just really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm excited to see this. And actually, my husband said that he would watch it with me. So we're both on board for this. Awesome. And what I took out of this trailer, because I have not seen the series, but I will be watching it is women doing things that may not seem like traditional roles. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about one novel in particular by Lisa C. So have you read her work before? She's been around for a very long time. I don't think so, although her name is familiar, so I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I I have been a fan of her earlier writing. So Peony in Love and Snowflower and the Secret Fan are two of my favorites that are her older Mm. books. And she's written newer stuff, and I haven't always loved all of the new books, but this one I did love, and it's called The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane. And this novel is set in a remote Chinese mountain village where Leanne and her family are working as tea farmers. Mm. So Leanne is unlike most girls because her parents are encouraging her to go to school, and they believe that she's smart enough to concentrate on her education rather than farming. But Leanne becomes pregnant with a child out of wedlock, and she decides to give her child up for adoption because within this culture, they have a tradition to kill these children. Mm. So she's courageously decided to forge a new path for herself that will continue to buck tradition by becoming educated and cultivating her own business while never giving up hope on finding her daughter again. Wow. So in this, C has this amazing talent for storytelling that is informative and captivating. And learning about tea farming was absolutely fascinating. And this story is beautiful. I enjoyed it start to finish. It's a great intro book to her writing if you haven't had the pleasure of reading her books. It's called The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane by Lisa C. And I think you'd like okay, it. Okay, that sounds like a really beautiful, like hard but good story. Yes, it's gotten a lot of attention. I don't want to say that it hasn't received a lot of attention. I think her books have always been more notable, have been the earlier books that she's written. Mm-hmm. And this one, for me, had so many great things to talk about for a book club and so many good themes about women bucking traditional roles 
and I loved it. And I think you would too. Okay. All right. Another one to put on my list. I know. I'm going to keep you busy. <laughs> yes. You're like, I'll never read all these books, but I'll listen to you talk about them. <laughs> so the other series I wanted to talk about, which has the theme that I love the most, finding love with someone famous, it's Starstruck. Yes. Okay. This show was so fun. And it's short. I was so bummed. It's only six episodes. And I think they're half hour episodes too. Is there going to be a second season or am I just <sighs> in for these six episodes? I Do think you know? so. This was the one I'm not sure if there's going to be a second season, but it's still worth it to watch. I mean, it's basically the length of a movie. So you could just sit down one evening and watch it all in one gulp. <laughs> Yay. Okay. That sounds like my kind of Yeah. Thing. So it is about a, like a girl in her twenties, Jessie. She's at a bar one night and she ends up having a one night stand with Tom. And she does not realize until after everything uh, the next morning that he is actually a pretty famous actor. And so she is immediately out. She's like, no, thank you. I am not interested in this. And I loved it because it was a twist on, you know, you might expect her to be like, oh my gosh, he's a famous actor. What can I do to stay in his life? Or... You mean like I would be. Right? Like, <laughs> like most of us. Okay. Like most of us. It's finally here. <laughs> my time has arrived. Yes. Or if you look at them on the surface, he's this very handsome actor. She's not your traditional Hollywood beauty. She is beautiful and she is fantastic, but she is plus size and she's kind of a mess in her life. Like she works all these random jobs and <laughs> relatable. Yes, so relatable. <laughs> but you would think she'd be like, oh my gosh, she couldn't possibly like me. And that's not it. it that doesn't even come into to play. And so he actually pursues her because they have this connection and it, they reconnect and then they go their separate ways again. And it, you think, okay, how is this going to end? Could they possibly make this work? And I won't spoil anything for you, but I will say it is just a really fun, sweet, smart, funny show. If you like rom-coms, if you like the trope of a normal (laughs) dating a famous person, this (laughs) is for you. And it's on HBO Max. Like I said, I think there's just six episodes. I'm in for that. Like you, first of all, I like it kind of reminds me Fleabag was like that. It was Mm -hmm. very short, but it was like very effective. And I don't think it needs to be long for it to be effective. And that was like one of my favorite series. So I'm excited to watch this. And this is my favorite show. (laughs) One of them, admittedly. And one of the books that we had talked about in one of our Patreon bonus episodes was The Idea of You by Robin Lee, which is this very steamy romance where this, I think she's in her 40s something mom takes her daughter to a One Direction style band. This is basically Harry Styles. <laughs> and she meets basically Harry Styles and they have immediate connection. Now I want to say he's 26, I think. So he's not a child. Like I just, I don't want it to be weird. Right. So he's not a child, but the two of them hit it off. And then she has to be, victimized by paparazzi Mm -hmm. and it's like not everything is what it's cracked up to be and so when I think about the falling in love with someone famous that book comes to mind but for Mary (laughs) I think a pick that you would appreciate more than the idea of you is a really great YA read it's called Permanent Record by Mary H.K. Choi have you ever read her 
she's got a couple out there. Emergency Contact is one of them. And then I just finished Yoke. I think that I have Emergency Contact on my Kindle, but I haven't read it yet. So I've not read anything by her. Her books are gorgeous. Like, they're always an experience. I had talked about in another episode about Yoke because the binding is, it's like two sisters and one side is one sister, the other is the other sister. And the entire pages of the book are the two hands that go all the way across the pages. Oh, cool. So when you're flipping, it's like their pages are separating because the sisters are estranged. Mm-hmm. And then they like come together when you close the book. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that cool? So anyways, all of her books look really cool. And Permanent Record is also a very neat book to like just get from the library so you can experience it in its print format. And this one is about finding love with someone famous. In this story, Pablo is a college dropout who now regularly works the graveyard shift at a 24-hour deli. And he's made numerous financial mistakes. It includes falling for, which I did too, those credit card offers Mm. that happen on college campuses. And he's signed up for a student loan he can never repay. So when Leanna Smart swings by the deli, Pablo can't believe his luck. They have, it seems, immediate chemistry, and he misses her as soon as she leaves. But Leanna isn't a regular girl. She's a social media sensation and a well-known pop star. And that is why it's such a surprise when she reaches out to Pablo and suggests he join her for a couple of days on tour. Now, he knows this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime chance, so he leaves with Leanna and begins the first of many days together. And this is an adorable story from start to finish. And although the love story was sweet, what I appreciated the most out of this coming-of-age story was more its honesty about identity and taking ownership of things going wrong or right in our lives. Mm. And it's called Permanent Record by Mary H.K. Choi. Okay, that sounds really good. And I will say, I've heard a lot of people talk about the idea of you. It's probably a little steamy (laughs) for my sensibilities. Yeah, it's it's not closed door. (laughs) It is a very steamy book. However, it has a big cult following. I have a friend, Kristen, from Dinah Dish. I think mm-hmm. you and I are mutual friends with her. And she's in a Facebook group for groupies of this <laughs> book because people love it and they wanted more from her. And she has hinted in her Twitter feed that she is working on a sequel. Oh. So I'm hoping that that really is the case. And I am a Harry Styles fangirl, so I was completely on board with this book. <laughs> Because I was like, this is like the best book. And it is a guilty pleasure read, I would say. But it also had more meat than I was expecting. It's not your typical fluffy romance because you have to endure what her daughter is going through. You have to endure this complication that happens at her job Mm -hmm. where it's made it weird for everyone at work. And she's not loved by the fans of this band because she's too old. And, you know, she shouldn't be doing this with him. And, like, she gets, you know, slut-shamed and all of those kinds of things start coming into play. So it has more meat to it than you might think. But it's also very steamy. So if that's not your thing, then this probably won't be for you either. Well, as I like to tell people when I'm talking about books that are more open door, you can always skim. Yes, true. (laughs) Yes. But why would you, Mary? I know. And that's why we did an episode with romance. And my friend Angela prefers cleaner romance 
novels, which I appreciate. I think there is something for everyone in romance, oh, yeah. which I've only discovered lately. I would have dismissed romance as a category, and now I'm like, I love a good romance read, but I do like the steamy reads, but I love that there can be a romance for everyone. Yes. Yeah. I just did a podcast episode recently about all the different tropes in romance. And there's, I mean, there is something for everybody, for sure. I like the love to hate you. Yes. That one. Yes. Friends to, or enemies to lovers. Oh, yes. Theme is always good, too. All right. So moving along, the next one is one that I gave up on. And now I'm going to go back and pick back up. And that is The Flight Attendant. So I need you to tell me why I should stick with it because I found the first episode, I think, a little off and I didn't get it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm fully invested in this, but it sounds like I need to be. Okay. Well, I really like The Flight Attendant. So this is a show on HBO Max. I think it technically came out in 2020, but I did watch it in 2021. It stars Kaylee Cuoco, who you probably know as Penny from The Big Bang Theory. So that's is what we're watching right now. <laughs> We've never seen The Big Bang okay. until this year. This is our pandemic indulgence. I mean, that's what most people know her from. Or maybe like yeah. there's some commercials. Like she's in a bunch of commercials with William Shatner, maybe. Anyway, that's not important. She stars as a flight attendant who is, she's a real like party girl, probably has some addictions going on. And she hooks up with this guy at one of her stops, wakes up the next morning, he is in her bed and he is dead. He is real dead, Whoa. real gross. <laughs> I will say, so for me, I tend to watch and read things that are PG-13. I don't tend to veer into rated R or TVMA territory very often. It's just not my thing. And this TV show kind of bumped up right against my own personal boundaries as far as what was too much. And not just like violence, gore. There was a ton of it, but just weirdness. And okay. I'm wondering if that's what kind of, you know, put you off of the, the show. So she wakes up, dead body in her in her bed at this hotel. She's not even in her own country. And so she tries to cover it up. <laughs> and then she has to, she's trying to solve the mystery of what happened so that she doesn't get, you know, the murder pinned on her. And it's just, it's very twisty. There are a lot of supporting characters who have their own stuff going on that might be related to this topic, might be unrelated, and it's hard to tell who she can trust. She can't even trust herself. She keeps having these dreams where the guy who died is talking to her, trying to talk her through her memories because she was drunk. She was passed out. She didn't remember everything. So she's an unreliable narrator and trying to solve a crime. It's not good. Like it's... I don't know that anyone would say it's good, but it was so fun to watch. Okay. This might convince me to pick it back up. I think my husband is maybe more like you about content. Mm. And if we start something like that together, if he's out, then I'm usually like, okay, we got to pick up something else. And so sometimes I miss out on things and I have been trying to do a Friday date with myself and watch an hour of TV that he won't watch. Mm. And, you know, maybe watching something on the treadmill, like The Handmaid's Tale, for example, is a good example of excellent television, Mm -hmm. but too much for Ryan. (laughs) And I understand that. So I don't subject him to like things he wouldn't appreciate or enjoy. I like horror movies, like those are my favorite. And I like to be shocked and it doesn't bother me, that kind of stuff. But if he can't, 
be on board with me and it's like our time together, sometimes I miss out on things and kind of abandon it. And I feel like that might've been one he wasn't comfortable with more than me, but I'm going to come back to it now based on that description. Yeah. I really liked it. It does get just weird, kind of creepy where she's having some flashbacks and memories and trying to figure things out, but it was never too much for me. And I think I do know that some people didn't love the show because they really disliked the main character. Okay. So if you really dislike her, then I mean, probably don't waste your time, but I just thought it was it was so interesting. You don't think our characters have to be likable to be make for good TV. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't think books always have to have likable people either. Yeah. It just has to be good television or good writing. Yeah, I and I definitely think it was. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. And it was just fun to watch. Well, I'm gonna play on the whirlwind romance mm. for my book recommendation based on that. And it is with a thriller that I didn't hear a lot about. It was I feel like it's more of an under the radar thriller it's called too good to be true by carola lovering have you read this one i haven't even heard of it or seen it okay good this is actually really exciting because i think it was i'm just gonna say it this was my favorite thriller this okay i hate to like pick favorites but this was really excellent so in this story sky and burke fall in love and they can't get to their wedding fast enough and sky's over the moon she's found her soulmate He's her family, everything. And everyone around her is skeptical about Burke because she really doesn't know very much about him. And it doesn't help that Burke really doesn't have a lot of friends. Hmm. He has no family to back up the story of his past. But his real story is deeply twisted with another woman. And Skye is about to find out why she's become the target of his affection and how deep his lies go. And if I tell you more, I'd have to <laughs> But it's one of those 24-hour, stay-up-way-too-late thrillers. And very rarely will I throw around the next Gone Girl. Because I feel like that's the descriptor for every <laughs> yeah. really good thriller that's a little bit unreliable with narration. But this one is one that I would say rivals this thriller classic. I just couldn't put it down. And the motives for why Burke has fallen into Sky's life and then Sky's repercussions from all of that make this such an interesting read and I think more people should read it. So it's called Too Good to Be True and I think you'd love okay. it. Okay. That does sound interesting. And the other one that I wanted to recommend is just a really satisfying mystery since this has a, a mystery element to it and it's called Watch Me Disappear by Janelle Brown. I'll just share the blurb from this one. It's been a year since Billy Flanagan, a Berkeley mom with an enviable life, went on a solo hike in Desolation Wilderness and vanished from the trail. Her body was never found, just shattered cell phone and a solitary hiking boot. Her husband and teenage daughter have been coping with Billy's death the best they can. Jonathan drinks as he works on a loving memoir about his marriage. Olive grows remote from both her father and her friends at the all-girls school she attends. But then Olive starts having strange visions of her mother still alive, and Jonathan worries about Olive's emotional stability until he starts to unearth secrets from Billy's past that bring into question everything he thought he understood about his wife, who was the woman known as Billy Flanagan. Together, Olive and Jonathan embark on a quest for the truth about Billy, but also about themselves, learning in the process about the ways that love can distort what we choose to see. So this is a twisted and unpredictable plot right up until those final pages and brown captures 
her reader in this clever thriller that won't let you go until you've made your way through this entire spider web of mystery. And I love the exploration of the themes of mothers losing and finding identity. She's a gifted writer. This has great layers. And I wish I could watch you read it because it's like one of those books that you're like, I want to see your face when they reveal different things. And it's called Watch Me Disappear by Janelle Brown. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really good. Watch Me Disappear. So we have one more show to talk about. And this one I would have never (laughs) run across, mainly because I don't really watch TV on PBS, except for Downton Abbey, which everyone's watched that. So that's not like a fun find. It's like something everyone has seen. You found a show on PBS that is a super fun find that I think people will love. So you want to tell us about yes. it? Yes. And I will say, I also do not watch a lot of PBS shows. I don't watch a lot of like, like everyone watches The Crown. I have tried to watch it more than once and I find <laughs> it to be boring. Okay. Um, but I read an article about this show and I thought I would check it out. It is called Miss Scarlet and the Duke. And the first season had six episodes, and it is about Eliza Scarlet, whose father was an investigator, uh, and this takes place in 19th century London. So her father was a private investigator, but he dies. And she's left with a lot of bills to pay and no way to pay them, other than, of course, if she were to get married. So she decides to... Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so she decides, no thank you to that, and takes over her father's investigation business. And works with slash antagonizes <laughs> an inspector at the Scotland Yard whose name is William, but he goes by the Duke, which is where the name of the show comes in. He is very fond of her. They've known each other for a long time. He knew her father very well, but he is a product of his time and does not think that this beautiful young woman should be out investigating crimes on the streets of London. So he's always telling her to mind her own business to stop butting in. She's making things difficult for him. She's putting herself in danger, but she keeps doing it. I mean, we've seen this storyline a lot of times, but I just really thought it was lovely in this little show. It's only six episodes, but are they like an hour long? Are they half hour? I'm pretty sure they're an hour long. And again, there's like a case of the week, but there's also overarching mysteries. There's a second season. It may actually have already aired outside of the United States, but it hasn't aired here yet. It looks excellent. I'm like super excited about this it was, one. I, I want to say that be other than the first one that we talked about, this one will probably be next on my list because it looks like it would be really satisfying for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I will say it's a little bit slower than a lot of shows that I tend to enjoy. It is British. It is old timey, but <laughs> I like it. I really liked it. Well, I'm excited. And I... Basically use the theme of her doing a man's Mm -hmm. job, but better, (laughs) within my book choice. And this one, I have a feeling you have not read, and I have a feeling a lot of people have not read it, and that's why I want to talk about it. It's called The Impossible Girl. It's written by Lydia Y. Kang. So I posted about this book and then found out that one of my friends was her college roommate. This world is very small. (laughs) But I, I really, really love this book. It's very Dickens-like. Mm-hmm. So this is a story that's written with King's own background because she is a practicing physician on the side. You know, she's a, an author and a physician. 
And she uses her own personal background into these stories that she writes. And this story is about a girl who's born with two hearts in 1850. And her name is Cora. And Cora was born out of wedlock to a wealthy socialite and a nameless immigrant. It's the stuff legends are made of. And at this time in history, grave robbers were digging up freshly buried bodies for profit. And Cora knows that her body would garner a very fine wage, because she has two parts, Mm. for a resurrectionist. So to protect her own body, she builds a business as a trusted resurrectionist to guard her identity and her own phenomenal medical miracle. So acting as herself and posing as a brother, (laughs) she's able to both administer the deals and help with the digging. And she's not the only one that's looking for bodies that can serve as specimens for dissection and display. A series of murders has begun beating Cora to her profits, and it's worrying her she could be the next victim. So it's called The Impossible Girl by Lydia Y. King, and I devoured it. It's really well-written. It's beautifully researched, and I think it would be a perfect accompaniment for someone who loves this show. Okay, is this based on a true story? So she uses her own background as a physician. I think that this is something that could occur. And that's what the idea behind it is when they were digging all these bodies up, we've seen like documentaries, like old PBS masterpiece documentary (laughs) type shows where they are going through some old famous, you know, poisonings and fun things like that. And we were watching one on this topic in particular. And when they were looking for cadavers, to use for research for medical purposes, like teaching schools Mm -hmm. and things like that, they would need interesting bodies, you know? So you would get more money if you brought to the table a girl with two hearts (laughs) than you would with a girl with one heart. So she knows that her body is something that would fetch a lot of money and she has to protect it. So this idea is actually like, it is a, a medical condition that one can have. Huh. And she goes through all of the history of what that would look like, like the medical background of what this particular genetic anomaly would be. And so crafting this set in that time period really makes it for a fun read. Okay, that is fascinating. And there's not a single part of that that I would have ever thought of on my own. <laughs> I know. It's got a very Dickens feel to it. And I really enjoyed it because I like it when these women characters are doing these traditional male roles and the Mm -hmm. fact that she was playing herself and her brother. Yes. (laughs) It's pretty incredible so that she could work these deals. So she could do both sides of the deal and make sure that she could protect herself. So it's a really, really solid and interesting read. So that is my last recommendation for today. Okay. I am so thankful that you joined me so fun. for our show today. And can you tell us all where we can find you online if we want to learn more about TV? Yes, of course. Well, you can find me at Mary Carver on Instagram. My website is marycarver.com. And then I also have a Facebook group called The Couch, where I call it a safe, judgment-free zone for talking TV, books, movies, music, and more. It's a fun place. I'm excited to be there. Thank you so much, Mary. That is all the time we have today for our main show. Each week, we expand the stack, and today is no exception. This week, Patreon subscribers can access Mary Carver's 
2021 Best Television as a bonus feature. To gain access to our bonus community, just visit patreon.com backslash mom advice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash mom advice. If you have a moment after the show, your reviews are so helpful for finding and growing this community. A huge thank you to Mary for all she shared today. Happy reading, friends.